When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey everyone, it's Ellis. Before we get into today's Orange and Brown Talk podcast, I want to tell you how you can get signed up for Football Insider. Visit cleveland.com slash browns and click the blue banner at the top of the page. That'll give you exclusive access to content, a daily newsletter, and insider text messages from myself, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, and Scott Pasco. Everyone expects this to be a memorable Brown season. Make the most of it by becoming a Football Insider subscriber. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. My name's Ellis Williams. We're coming off a 14-7 victory by the Cleveland Browns at U.S. Bank Stadium over the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, a defensive battle here, a game that the Vegas over-under, I believe, was you know low 50s, and we, we saw it only hit 21. Uh, a game where these teams combined for 10 punts in the second half. Uh, but the Browns come out victorious and, and win a tough one. I'm joined, as always, by our Cleveland com Browns coverage team, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Doug Maurice, and Scott Patsko. So y'all, let's dive into this one. I mean, like I said, this is a, a game that the defense really showed a lot. Uh, the offense left a lot of points on the board, a lot of opportunity. Do we come away more concerned about the offense or <coughs> hopeful in this Browns defense that uh, clearly they can win games this way? And are they making a statement that the, they're a top 10 unit? Can I interrupt for a second on the premise of the question? Is it the offense or is it Baker? You want to start this right now? I mean, I, well, I'm not worried about the offense. Baker Mayfield was terrible, and Baker Mayfield knows he was terrible. It depends, like, how do you – are you worried about Baker? But, you know, the offense is like – they kind of are what they are. I didn't think Stefanski had a great game. But I just – I mean, we – obviously, we're going to talk about it. Baker was bad. I'm more impressed with the defense, though, because I thought Kirk Cousins and that Minnesota offense looked really good. I thought it was the kind of offense that could give them a lot of trouble. And in the first drive, it was like, well, that's exactly what I thought. I picked the Browns to lose this game because of what I thought would happen in this game. It happened on the first drive, and I was like, well, okay. That's And then it didn't happen again the whole game. And like that adjustment, the pressure, the four-man pressure they got – the coverage they locked on to, guys flying to the ball. Joe Woods called a great game. And just dude after dude stepping up in big moments. That, to me, was a holy moly. Now we have a sense of who they might be as a defense that I think carries over. They won't be that good every week, but I thought that was a giant step for this team. Yeah, I think it really showed that the, all the money they invested, all the time they invested into rebuilding this defense, uh, they are – you know, really onto something that's going to be pretty phenomenal as they go through the season. And as Kareem Hunt said after the game, 
defense wins championships. A defense like this can carry the day and really get them over to the top when they have to play, uh, you know, really great teams. So this was, you know, it was a, a prove it moment after coming off of the Bears game and Justin Fields and everybody thinking that, wow, what if that was just a fluke? You know, maybe they're really not that good. Well, I think this was a statement game. This was a statement game where they said, yes, we are that good and just you wait. And it seems like the turning point was, uh, you know, kind of playing a little bit poorly the first couple of games or just not up to their expectations. And then Miles Garrett calls the players only defensive meeting. Uh, he kind of gets himself fired up. He gets his teammates fired up by saying they need to pick it up. Uh, and it seems like that it was a turning point for them. And in this game, you could even have a Ronnie Harrison leave the game with a concussion. You can have a Greg Newsom be out of the game with a calf injury, and they still come up huge in this game. Greedy Williams makes big plays. Denzel had his best game of the season by far. Uh, Miles was Miles, and uh, they really are onto something here with this amazing defense. Yeah, I, I thought this was a really important performance for the defense because last week was so much about Justin Fields making his first start. Matt Nagy was a complete disaster in that game. Um, he just didn't do anything to play to Fields' strengths. And so while the performance was, was great, you needed to see it happen against an offense that you know is, is as good as the Vikings. They've gone over 400 yards first three weeks of the season. Uh, they were averaging somewhere close to 30 points a game. So this really just reinforced what we saw last week. You're not going to have a game like you had against the Bears every week. And look, this team isn't designed to win games 14 to 7. They're, they're going to need to be, Baker to be better, and they're going to need the offense to show up. But for them to play like they did today, it, it kind of takes last week's performances and says, okay, there's something real here. This wasn't just a rookie quarterback and a bad coach. This was a pretty legit offense, and, and the Browns shut it down after that first drive. Yeah, I tweeted out at some point in the fourth quarter that the game had turned into like the last – the fourth quarter of the last preseason game. That's what it looked like for a while for both those offenses, really. Looked like a bunch of offensive linemen who weren't used to being out there together and weren't going to make the team. Quarterbacks constantly under pressure. And from the Browns' end, uh, getting that kind of pressure on on a guy who was getting the ball out so quick this season. I think there were only uh, two or three quarterbacks below him. Well, actually, there was like five or six quarterbacks below him as far as uh, quicker time to throw than Kirk Cousins. But uh, – it was quite a sight to see everything just kind of clicking. And, you know, it had been the pass rush, like Joe Woods had said. Sometimes it's pass rush, sometimes the coverage is there. But just getting both together, uh, we saw it today. And it was against a quality opponent, especially a quality passing opponent. The run defense, I mean, that's been there all year. And I don't, Dalvin Cook or no Dalvin Cook, I think they were in good shape uh, as far as run defense goes. But what they did defending the pass was, was great. And, Dan, just to what you said about this isn't a team designed to win games 14 to seven. I mean, no team in the NFL is designed to win games 14 to seven, but that to me looked like a defense that can win you games. Like I, I, I would think, cause I think, okay, well the people think the Steelers have a great defense or the Ravens have a great defense. If they're getting that kind of four man pressure and their corners are playing like that and their linebackers are flying to the ball. I feel like they're as designed to win 14, seven as anybody out there in this crazy high scoring passing league. Cause, cause again, that was an, a really competent, proficient, efficient offense with the guy who spread the ball around two excellent receivers and an all pro back. 
And the Browns just wiped them away after the first drive. So, and I, it, none of it looked fake to me. Now I get it. Mahomes and Herbert and Aaron Rodgers, right. When they play the, the world beater kind of QBs, of course, I get it. Kirk Cousins isn't that. But man, like I hope, you know, there's a little bit on Twitter of like, ah, Kirk Cousins. It's like, listen, man, that is a real NFL offense. That was not like Minnesota stinking. That was the Browns making them look awful because they didn't give them any room to breathe. Yeah, the Browns better have put every offensive line coach on notice this week, meaning your O-line better play its best game against this front four, Miles Garrett, Malik McDowell, Malik Jackson, and Jadavion Clowney, or you're going to pay for it if you don't have a quarterback that can kind of run around and make plays. And, Scott, you mentioned uh, the Vikings relying on a quick pass game, and, and we did theorize that that would be something – the Vikings would try to get done here uh, against this Browns defense. But when you have a pass rush that gets there, a neutralized run game, and then uh, coverage linebackers like Malcolm Smith and JOK and JOK playing his best game of the season by far, uh, you saw the, those options get taken away. And then the, the deep safeties in the corners are able to make plays on a frustrated Vikings offense that is trying to drive the ball downfield and can't. So uh, you guys, I, I remember asking uh, y'all on a, maybe a prediction podcast, what unit would you rather have on the field to end a football game for the Browns, the offense or the defense today, the Browns defense proved that they're the unit you want out there. They, even after greeting Williams interception, which felt like a game ender and, and then they go down and, and Odell has that, you know, 20 yard gain across the middle. You felt like that, that was it. The Vikings still had two chances to either go ahead and, and tie or take the lead and, and the Browns defense stood pat. So I, I think this is a unit that really proved themselves today and it starts up front. Actually, I want to change my answer from from before. I want Chase McLaughlin on the field at the end of the game. That's my pick. That's good. Um, the other thing to remember about this defense that I think uh, is is something that we're seeing happen before our very eyes. There are a lot of really young and new guys on this defense that are playing in their first games in the NFL, and you're seeing Malik McDowell go out there and make plays. You're seeing JOK. Uh, the lights are just starting to come on. Uh, Greg Newsom played some really good games before he went out with the calf injury. Uh, you've got Grant Delpit, even though he's been around, these are his first three games that he's ever played in the NFL. And he's really showing up and doing some, doing some really nice things. So uh, you've got some really young football players that are only going to get a lot better. And teams in the NFL generally don't invest enough time and effort into their defenses. They really don't. But the Browns have. They made it, made it their priority this offseason. It's going to pay off in a huge way. And I just want to – I thought Troy Hill was awesome today. Mm-hmm. That K.J. Osborne guy, that third receiver that I think, Ellis, you had talked about, that's like a safety valve guy for them. He had seven targets today, three catches for 26 yards. There were multiple times when Troy Hill was all over that dude. There was a key third down where they got four-man pressure, and Troy Hill was right on top of that route. He was aggressive, no room to breathe. And, again, it's like he's not – Clowny, he's not um, Johnson, you know, he's not a huge signing like that. But man, it's like if your slot corner is not getting it done, Kirk Cousins is going to convert third downs on you. And Troy Hill was having none of that today. I completely agree, Doug. They they t- eliminated the middle of the field today. The Browns defense did. The Vikings uh, lived there last week against Seattle. You mentioned Osborne. Uh, their tight end Tyler Conklin had seven targets for seven catches, and they could not get anything going across the middle today. The only real production they had were uh, you know some couple outside deep shots with Justin Jefferson. Uh, but when you do that and, and take away what uh, an offense wants to do 
first, aside from run it, which Scott has said the Browns have been able to eliminate, uh, you see how this game came together well, uh, including the, the pass rush, of course, neutralizing it. And, and I think to, to Mary Kay's point, um, the, the Browns made that investment in their defense. And I think it just speaks to, again, the opportunity they have right now because they've been able to put so much money basically everywhere on this roster because they've only paid like one guy. So they can spend a bunch. They can throw 10 million bucks at Jadavian Clowney and say, you know, come play in Cleveland and, and revive your career. Uh, you know, they can throw a bunch of money at John Johnson and, and Troy Hill and, and they can build this defense. They can spend, you know, to supplement those draft picks. They're not going to have this luxury five years from now. So I think today is just an example of when you, when you have the money to spend and you put it in the right places, you know, you can be really, really successful. And, and the window to do that is right now for this team, because obviously in a few years, that team building philosophy changes when you're paying everybody. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that, Dan. And this is an, team that has spent their money on offense and has put it in the offensive line and at the receivers one today who only had two catches and clearly could not get on the same page with Baker Mayfield and the other who's out in Jarvis Landry so when you're able to hit on efficient market prices like John Johnson and Troy Hill like Doug mentioned find Malik McDowell it is a testament to what GM Andrew Barry has been able to build um, do you guys want to get into Kevin Stefanski's homecoming? Doug, you, you mentioned that you, you thought uh, he called an iffy game. What did you guys make of uh, Kevin coming back to Minnesota? Well, they scored 14 points, and he calls the offensive play, so that wasn't his best oh. outing. I don't well, know. Okay, I mean, but hold on, but hold on. You said that was Baker Mayfield's fault when we started. No, I know. Well, Baker also – it also felt like at a time when Baker was kind of missing everything down the field, I don't know – I don't know. Well, Stefanski came in afterwards and said it's my fault, so it's his fault. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what he's going to say. I he's mean, look, look there, there's some specific moments. Uh, he continues to go for it on fourth down and, and, is, and is passing on points, on, on, on three points. That, that was a theme in, at the Chicago game that happened uh, in this game. There's that third and five deep shot uh, to Odell that potentially ends the game if they connect. But, you know, you could you run it there and maybe just pick it up. And if you're determined to go for it and throw it, you could just throw it on fourth down then. Uh, there are – some spots where you can nitpick Kevin uh, in a game where once again, the defense carries him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my biggest issues were probably in the fourth quarter when um, they just, you know, they took those two shots on the drive before the Vikings uh, tried to tie the game up uh, second and 10 throw to Beckham. And then that puts you in a position on third and 10 where you almost have to throw if, if you want to hang on to the football. Uh, it, you know, I, I think that was a big issue. At the same time, I thought in the second quarter, when, when they took over with 9.55 left, they put together an eight-minute drive. I mean, when they took over, I, I actually, it was funny. I thought to myself, well, there's no way they can double dip here. They almost took over too early. And then they score with 119 left. And then Kevin uses his timeouts to get the ball back, and they get points again before the half. Now, they got help. Kareem Hunt converts a third and 20. That, that's not going to happen all the time. They get a fourth down hold in the end zone, but, you know, I mean, that's football. That, that happens to every team. So I thought it was an up and down game for Stefanski, but in the second quarter, that's kind of when he won this game, at least on the, obviously the defense gets the credit here, but he did what he needed to do in the second quarter when they take over at 9:55, and Minnesota barely sees the football again, the rest of the half. Um, I, I thought that was, kind of vintage Kevin Stefanski, whatever that means after, after two years as a head coach. So 
he gets credit for that. I thought some of his end of game decision making was a little bit questionable when, when you've got these two running backs that, that can kind of we've seen them. We've seen what they can do with the lead in fourth quarters. Uh, but, you know, I, I think a lot of it is I know Kevin said that he has to do a better job of getting guys open, but Odell was wide open on two throws. And Baker just missed him. And there were uh, Demetric Felton was wide open in front of Baker Mayfield on a rollout and, and a play that was basically designed for Demetric Felton. And Baker chose not to throw to him. So I think the problem today was probably more Baker than Kevin. Although, I, you know, Stefanski was far from perfect. And took a sack on that, took a sack on that play too, Dan. Not only did he not throw to Demetric Felton, he took a sack in that very, on that very crucial third and three. Um, so I do think we should spend a couple more minutes on Baker Mayfield. Like, what the heck was that? Like, what? Couple what minutes? How about five <laughs> podcasts all week on Baker Mayfield? But Get I mean, every what, Baker take you have ready. Yeah, I mean, it just like that was it, it was it was kind of bizarre. And the thing with Baker is, um, I don't know if his footwork was off. Sometimes when his footwork is off, his throws are off, and he sails the throws. Or sometimes you just have a bad day. Sometimes you just have a bad day. I mean, Kirk Cousins had a bad day after six for six on his first drive. He was off. He was off today, too. I mean, let's face it. That certainly was not one of his better games either. Uh, so two quarterbacks that, that did not play very well. Uh, one of them had a defense that completely – and a running game that completely bailed him out. Uh, and, you know, I think Baker's very fortunate today. And, like I said, I think that – I think it's going to be a springboard for him. I, I think he's just going to be so mad at himself and he's going to catch so much grief from everybody, from all the critics. The boo birds are going to be out. The critics are going to be out. The Colin cowards are going to be out. The Mike Tannenbaums are going to be out. The Doug Maurice's are going to be out. He sucked today. Like this is, I mean, everybody, there's a lot of people out there who are hundred percent Baker backers who are like, that was terrible. It doesn't mean he's a terrible quarterback. That wasn't, he looked like a rookie quarterback today. It was bad. If, if both quarterbacks were bad, I thought Kirk Cousins was forced into being bad much more than Baker was. I thought the Browns defense took it to Cousins. I didn't feel like the Vikings defense was, was common after Baker in a way that made him miss like 10 throws. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was bad. I mean, I, I've seen Kirk, play better. I mean, they had some dropped passes. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think it was, it was his best game either, although I think the defense had a lot to do with that. But you're right. Baker was – Kevin Stefanski can try to take any of the blame that he wants. This was on Baker. Those guys were open. I mean, they were open. Uh, it, and this was the 27th ranked pass defense, as we mentioned. I mean, you should have been able to hit touchdown passes to Odell Beckham Jr. and three other people or whatever. Um, two touchdown passes in four games. Two touchdown passes in four games. It's yeah, a concern. I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and I had him throwing 30 this year, so we'll, we'll see where how that ends. Um, I, I agree with everything y'all are saying, and I think the postgame comments only add more fuel to this fire of confusion because they really didn't have an explanation for it. A, a team that it tends to be quite cliché, started with a cliche when Kevin Stefanski says, I have to do a better job getting receivers open. Well, that comment falls flat when you see, and we've already laid it out, not taking Felton, the Harrison Bryant missed corner route, two Odell balls. Um, so then when you, then when Baker comes to the podium and he's 
he brings it up first. You know, he's always his, his harshest critic and his heart on himself. But then I noticed Baker really for the first time making some excuses as well. He mentioned not having a being able to find a rhythm uh, by going, you know, three, four, five run plays in a row and then being asked to pass, you know, comments that don't really mirror taking the responsibility on yourself. So, look, he is more than capable of a, of a bounce back game. Um, I'm not sure if Los Angeles is, is the defense or the place for that. Uh, you probably happens back at home, but you could tell there was some confusion going on, not in what was happening during the play, but in the result of it. And some just inexplicable reasons for why Baker Mayfield was so inaccurate and when you see Baker make comments like, you know, we, we, I wasn't able to find a rhythm. Well, you, you know what the MO of this, this offense is. Um, so they're, they're also, I mean, the way the defense put the league on notice, we now have to start tracking like, all right, where is Baker truly in this hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks? I mean, cause Doug, you said it today that that was a, a rookie performance, if not worse. And he had so, some games. I was going to say, he had some games like this last year where the percent, uh, the completion percentage is really bad, but they were, you know, the blowouts to Baltimore and, and the Steelers, crappy weather game against the Raiders, and no receivers against the Jets. What made this concerning is it came against the Vikings that, like we said along here, that isn't really known for its past defense this year. Uh, that's where I think you take this game, and then you kind of look back at that Bears game, at some of the things he missed, and then you're worried that, oh, okay, are we seeing the start of a trend because he was, oh, his passer rating was over like 97 in each of those first three games. So I think we, we all kind of looked at Baker as like, all right, he's having a pretty good start to the season. Um, but now we're in that, we're in that stretch where we have to see the next game to really know if we're seeing a problem that needs to be corrected or if this was just a one-off. Okay. So, so I want to say something about the rhythm thing. And, and this is great podcasting here. It's just reading off the play by play, but the Browns, uh, the Browns' first series, okay, was a run to Chubb. Pass, 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 run, run. Then a Baker run, which was probably meant to be a pass. Another pass, three runs, and then two pass calls. So a lot of passing. The Browns pass a lot in the first quarters of games. It's kind of their MO. Next series, pass, 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 when they went three and out. So... Uh, the rhythm thing kind of falls flat. Now on the long drive, it was a lot of running, but he threw the ball a lot in, in the early part of this game. So I, I don't know if the rhythm thing really, I don't know, maybe that's just a talking point. And again, Kevin putting that on himself, it's not on him. And honestly, it doesn't matter as long as behind the scenes when they're watching the film of this game and they're talking to Baker, they're, they're being honest about what they're seeing. And I think they are. Um, you know, I, I just think Baker was bad today. And I don't know if it's the shoulder. He doesn't want to use that as an excuse. He's not showing up on the injury report with the shoulder. So, you know, if it is the shoulder, he should be showing up on that thing. So I don't know. I, I mean, do you guys think it's the shoulder? Do you think it's something else? Mary Kay, you mentioned the footwork. I, I don't think it's the shoulder. I, I don't think his, his left shoulder would be enough to cause him to be uh, this inaccurate or this off. Uh, I, I, I think it could possibly be, it could possibly be the mechanics. It could possibly be the footwork. I, I don't know. I mean, it's something we're going to have to try to dig into, but 
remember, these first six or seven games of the season were the games in which he was going, he was basically working towards a possible blockbuster, enormous contract extension that could have gotten done by potentially the trade deadline if everything was going exactly like everybody expected it to go. This is certainly not how it's expected to go. Uh, so he's going to have to get this turned around in a hurry for that thing to get done during the season. Otherwise, we're going to be looking at like, okay, let's see what happens after the season type of thing. Um, but two touchdown passes through four games, being off with Odell, you know, this is just not what anybody wants to see from Baker Mayfield. And again, uh, hopefully for him and for the Browns, uh, this will be this will light that fire underneath him. See, w w Mary Kay, you, you make a good point about the contract extension, and, and that makes me wonder if perhaps this is just something Baker Mayfield is going to be due for a few times a year, just just a stinker, you know, two or three times a, a year, which is not worthy of, of a blockbuster contract. But when you're not a quarterback that can escape with your legs when you're a quarterback that's missing throws when not pressured uh, the excuses run out and this was a, a defense he should have been able to take advantage of and didn't I do think there were a couple times in the second half just looking at the play-by-play -play again a couple drives where it was like run on first down run on second down and now it's third and long and now he's throwing and it's like oh cool now it's up to me on third and seven or third and nine because we didn't get much going on the ground game I I don't know. I think it's, I think it does happen. It doesn't, he had a bad game. He had a terrible game. It doesn't mean he's a terrible quarterback, mm -mm. but it'll be a really interesting week to see where he is mentally, the way Stefanski talks about this. And he is going to feel like this is going to be a, a matchup next week that we're going to talk about a lot. Baker Mayfield versus Justin Herbert. And I'm fascinated to see how he handles all of this, right? Mm -hmm. That there's the mental part of it. There's the emotional part of it. And then there's how will he go out and execute in the stadium where the Super Bowl is going to be played this year when it, people may hype it up as a duel of these two relatively young quarterbacks. Um, and also he needs Jarvis and also he needs Jarvis and also he needs Jarvis. And also when will the left tackle get enough of a rest so that he doesn't have to leave the game in the middle of the third quarter every week. Is that the plan for the rest of the year? Well, let's see if he can go 40 plays and then we'll just put in some rookie backup. I, I mean, I can't, they have, to, they have to give Jed Wills a break. This is unsustainable. I have no idea how, is this week three of this that he starts and then has to be pulled out of the game because his ankle can't take it anymore. It's insane to me. Well, it's you know not, Go ahead, Mary Kay. They, they wouldn't be – They I don't think they would have done it like that had Chris Hubbard been healthy. If Chris Hubbard had been healthy, I think they would have given Jed a break. They didn't feel like they could do that. They felt like 50% of Jed or 30 or 40% of Jed was better than Blake Hance and James Hudson. And they're just trying to get to the point where maybe they could get Chris Hubbard out on the field, give him a little bit of a rest here and there. I think that's been a huge part of the issue. Yeah, and I mean, maybe we've reached a point where they just aren't going to have a choice. I mean, he got carted off today. I mean, he got carted off against Kansas City, too. But, you know, when you're carting a guy off twice in four weeks, it might be time to sit him down. But I'm with you, Mary Kay. It, like, James Hudson came in, and he had a really costly false start. Mm -hmm. 
he, he didn't look very good in the preseason. He's, I, I, I'd be surprised if James Hudson is ready. And guess what? You got Joey Bosa next week. And, you, you know, you want to talk about defenses that can wreck games. It starts with, with a guy like Joey Bosa at defensive end for, for the Chargers. So they're going to have to deal with that, and they might have to do it with a Blake Hans or a James Hudson. Hopefully Hubbard, who was back at practice this last week, will be able to go. But, you know, it's, it's not an ideal situation right now. Nobody's left tackle position has given up more pressures than the Browns' left tackle position mm. this season. Wow. Yeah, and, and Dan, you said it, Joey Bosa next week and then Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt after that. So it doesn't get and much then, easier. And then the Broncos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. doesn't get much yeah. easier. They're, they're, they're going to have to, uh, you know, maybe Chris Hubbard to the rescue, as, as odd as that might sound, but there, something's going to have to uh, change here. Or, again, we, we said it leading up to this game that maybe you see tight ends staying in more uh, – Halfbacks chipping, it, something's going to have to change because this is not sustainable for Judd Wills, as, as Doug said. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Y'all ready to get out of here? A, a long day at U.S. Bank? I, I do think Doug bringing up Jarvis Landry is important because he really is like that safety blanket for Baker. And I'm guessing that if Jarvis is running that thing that they put in for Demetric Felton, Baker doesn't hesitate to throw to him. He just he throws to 80 no matter what. And I, I think not having Jarvis is really, really big. I, I mean, I've said it before on here. Everybody loves to talk about the Rashard Baker connection. It's really Baker Jarvis. That's the connection. And not having Jarvis Landry, he really, really misses him. Was, was did Baker boot much today? I can't remember everything. Was he booting? Don't, Didn't I seem don't like remember. it. Didn't seem Didn't like, seem like a lot of booting, right? So I do think there might be something, what we're saying of like, listen, Baker was so bad. It's almost hard to judge any other part of the offense. Cause it felt like he missed eight throws, but I do think maybe the art of the play calling today was not up to Kevin Stefanski's typical standard. And I think Baker is a quarterback who needs the art of the play calling. He is not a guy. I don't think he'll ever be a guy who's just going to make stuff up on his own, right? That he's, he needs, he does need as much as it might sound like an excuse. And I think it does. I didn't get into a rhythm. He can't get in that rhythm by himself. He needs Kevin Stefanski to get him in that rhythm. And they get in that rhythm by running it. Then they boot, then they go. Right. And if Stefanski didn't call his best game and Baker didn't play his best game, and then you, it all feeds into each other. And now I could see how they just completely got off. They just got off kilter today. And if they can get back on kilter, because if you can get off kilter, you have to be able to get on kilter, right? If you can get on kilter next week, it might just all fit again. But I think maybe that's what Baker's trying to say. And I think maybe that's what Kevin's trying to say, that even if you look and say, well, they did throw it a lot. Well, was it the kind of throws that gets Baker in a rhythm? Was it the kind of throws that lets Baker see the field and gives him confidence and all that kind of stuff? And maybe that's not what it was. And so maybe that'll be a good learning experience and it's a heck of a lot more fun to learn with a win than a loss. Well, what, if what you're saying is true, that scares me a little bit, Doug. The way that you put that in, in the beginning, it, it, that scares me a little bit. But don't we think that, that's true? Don't I, we think that Baker think, needs I, to be I, put... I think there in, is some truth. I think there is some truth to what you're saying. And if I, I don't know, it's just not what, what you want to hear about your franchise quarterback. You want to know that he can get himself out of anything, he can get himself into anything, that he can elevate the play of those around him, that he can 
do all the things that he needs to do. You don't want him to have to be game planned or whatever into a, a good game. You can overcome those kind of things. But I mean, today might've just been a bad day. We, we should probably shouldn't overreact to it. It might've just been a bad day. And I do think it's going to inspire him. All right. On that note, we're going to get out of here. Browns winners, 14 to seven, despite Baker's performance, the defense carries this one. For myself, Scott Pasco, Doug Maurice, Mary Kay Cabot, and Don La- D- Dan Lobby, I'm Ellis Williams. Thanks for listening, y'all.